Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Talking Philly Sports with Manny B. I am your host, Matt Benar. Check it. It's Tuesday, April the 19th, 2022. Oh, right, indeedy, and welcome back to the pod. It is a, uh, it's great to be back. I hope you guys are having a great day. I am having a great day as always, and it's a pleasure to be here with you again. And a little bit of a show note, or a historical show note, if to be more accurate. Yesterday, April eighteenth, marked the two-year anniversary of this show. That is right. Two years ago, on April the eighteenth, two thousand and twenty. I recorded my very first episode of Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I believe it was called Talking Sports with Matty B at that time. And I have gone from there. Uh, we are into our third season on this platform, and we are growing every single day. Of course, you can catch me on this show, on this platform, or you can actually catch me on the edgeofphillysports.com where I do a, I do a live show. I also do a Phillies postgame show, and I am a regular writer and contributor to that fine, fine program. So that's edgeofphillysports.com. Uh, not only just me over there, there's a lot of other people that uh, are doing great stuff over there. Go ahead and check that out. Check us out. But it is definitely a historical day here on the pod. And I'm glad to be here to kind of share it with you. And there's a lot going on in Philly sports. There's a lot going on in sports, no matter where you are in the world, I guess. But of course, we really only care about Philly sports here on Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. And let's jump right into this. We're going to do a Fast and Furious 4 for 4 kind of wrap up or breakdown. Uh, let's kind of start with the Philadelphia Eagles as we are about a week and two days off of the 2022 NFL draft that will be held next week. Um, an interesting, uh, you know, every I think every year we talk about how important drafts are and every year we talk about how how this could be organizationally or franchise altering and this year is of course no different uh the eagles are now um i guess have resigned themselves to a retool as they continue to stockpile and get better for the future i honestly don't um i'm not catching the vibe as a lot of other people are i i, I don't buy the retool i think we're spinning our 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 wheels in the in the mud i i'm criminally or I'm not criminally, but I am against the criminal activities of our GM, Howie Roseman. I think this team is definitely trending in the wrong direction. And I think that we've been doing that for some time now. And this year doesn't seem to be any different than any other year for me. Uh, the free agency period for the Eagles was very mysterically, mystically, was very confusingly. Man, I can't even come up with a word. It was confusing. All right. <laughs> Let's put it to you that way. The free agency period for the Eagles in 2022 was very confusing. Not much going on. Uh, highlighted by mainly our own people uh, re-signing um, Derek Barnett, uh, cutting and then re-signing Fletcher Cox. Um, you know, bringing in uh, a couple guys, but nothing really, nothing in the realm of of what you would what what you would think that Howie would want to do for this team, trying to get them better for 2022 and make them a better 
product on the field for 2022. And here we are, 10, 10 available picks. Now, uh, since we've talked last, um, the Eagles were involved in a historical blockbuster, um, I don't know if you want to call it career-altering or or mood-altering trade. Uh, they, they executed a trade with the New Orleans Saints that was uh, extremely um, – Altering, I guess the best word I can use. There was, uh, and I'm going to try to find it for you. It's been a while since I talked about it, so let me just give me a second. I wasn't ready to pull it up. But Howie uh, actually made a trade that really kind of helps this team out as we move forward into the future, and I got to give Howie a lot of credit for this trade. Of course, we know the Phillies were, Phillies, the Eagles were starting the season with a, um, a plethora, let me use that word, Correctly, a plethora of first-round draft picks, three to be exact. They were picking 15, 18, and 19 um, in the first round of this year's draft. But uh, Howie executed a trade with the Saints where Howie sent the number 18 pick, uh, our our number our 101st pick, which is a third-round pick, our number 237 pick. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Eagles sent our 16th, 19th, and our 194th uh, pick all in this year's draft, to the New Orleans Saints in return for the Saints 18th, their 101st, their 237th, and then their 2023 first round and 2024 second round draft picks. An outstanding paper trade. And what I mean by paper trade, obviously, it is now just a paper trade. It is, it, it is now just something that looks really good on paper. Starting next week on Thursday, that paper becomes a reality. And everybody is in town is jumping all for joy, Howie this, Howie that. You know, he, he executed a great trade, and I don't just I don't discredit that. Uh, on paper, this trade is really, really good. But you don't play football games on paper. You play them on the field. You play them on Sundays in real life. People getting hit, people running, people throwing, people catching, people scoring touchdowns, people giving up touchdowns. So we had to actually put the right people now to the paper, and that is where Howie has been not good. Uh, I don't let's not let's not cut it up. Let's not get it any different or any confusing any more confusing than it already is. Howie is not good at selecting players. I ran a retrospective on my other show, and basically I looked at 135 personnel moves as Howie as the GM. And when I mean Howie as GM, soul power Howie. Uh, Howie was the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2010, essentially. But from 2010 to 2012, Andy Reid was here. And if you think Andy Reid was not making final decisions on personnel, you're crazy because he was. Howie wasn't making final decisions. 2013 and 2014, um, it was Howie and Chip working together. And I don't know how much of, of, of that was a conglomeration or if that was more Howie, more Chip. Not really sure. But I, I give it to Howie. Uh, 2015, Howie lost all control of Chip. And then 2016, Howie got it all back. So basically looking at 2013, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, I evaluated Howie's draft picks, I evaluated Howie's trades, and I evaluated Howie's free agent signings. And what I came up with was a startling number. And that number was that Howie was successful 31%. Out of 31% of the 135 moves that Howie made personnel-wise were successful, were successful and contributing picks and, 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 and um, additions to this football team. That is not the number that you want from a – dynasty building championship building gm we can't as a city for some reason get past howie in 2017 we can get past 2017 with doug peterson and fire him 
We can get past 2017 with Carson Wentz and trade him. We can get past 2017 with all the other players that we're here and get rid of them or move on from them. But for some odd reason, we can't seem to get past 2017 for Howie Roseman. He went on and he signed a big um, three-year contract extension to be the, the state of GM for three more long, I'm sure, painful years. But Thursday, 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 April 28th, the Eagles will begin their quest for supremacy in the NFL yet again as they will be ready. They will be drafting uh, along with everybody else in the NFL. And it's a very, it, it's almost, it, it is a holiday. It, it's part of the season. It, it, you know, it is. It's part of the NFL experience for the season. And I cannot wait for it. Uh, I have my own Eagle draft board. Uh, now, for those of you who are keeping score at home, these are what the Eagles picks will be in this draft. They will be picking twice in the first round. That The 15th overall pick, which was that Dolphins pick. The 18th overall pick, which was a Saints pick. Uh, in the second round, they'll be picking 51st overall. That's one of their own picks. In the third round, they'll be picking 83rd overall, which is one of their own picks. They will also be picking at the 101 spot, which is the pick from the Saints. In the fourth round, they'll be picking at 124, which is their own pick. In the fifth round, they'll be picking at 154 from the Washington Commanders. Uh, also in the fifth round, 162, which is their own pick. And also in the fifth round, 166, which was part of the Zach Ertz trade pick from the Cardinals. And then in the seventh round, 237, which is, of course, that pick from the Saints. Ten in total. Uh, the word on the street is, and I kind of agree with this word, that we will not be utilizing all these 10 picks for ourselves. More than likely, it's uh, about three, two definitely, maybe three of these picks will probably get moved throughout the draft experience as how he continues to load up for future drafts. And that's the smart thing to do. Absolutely a smart thing to do. But I've, I've had a question, and this question, I'm not going to really kind of get into it in depth here, but it's a question that definitely I will get into depth with later on is that based on what Howie's done in this offseason and based on the trade that he executed with the Saints moving on from one of those first round draft picks, how serious are we as the Philadelphia Eagles going to be as a contender in 2022? You know, everybody looks at 2021 as a good news story. I don't. I, I thought that season was full of smoke and mirrors, folks. I think it was a fluff schedule combined with really bad quarterbacks that we opposed and just kind of all just worked out for us. And then we went into the playoffs and we got our butts kicked by a team that deserved to be there versus us who did not deserve to be there. So everyone looks at 2021 as a good news. I don't. I, and then moving on into this season, you know, when you go through these steps of, of, of the off season, you expect your team to get moderately better. Uh, free agency hasn't shown me that we still got a ton of cap room but not many players. We didn't really go in on some players. Then the draft and how he does the trade. I got it. He's setting us up for future future success. But if you have three first-round draft picks and you have so many holes that you have on your team currently, wouldn't you be more apt to use those three picks on yourself? Now, that's, this could, could be reasons for many. There could be many reasons for this. One, the draft is not that talented or deep or projected to be that talented or deep. Or two, there's more going on here than meets the eye, or there's more going on here that our GM, uh, the criminal that he is, is letting us in on, and that we are a bad football team. Now, I'm not, it's not like it's a revelation to me if that's the case. I don't think we're a good football team, and we are continuing to kind of, I think, I guess, build to that point, but I, I'm just not all in. I'm, I'm not all in right now. I'm confused of what we're doing. I'm concerned about what, um, 
um, what this team is going to look like in 2022. And I'm concerned that this city doesn't have the patience uh, to include me to go, you know, to go back into a deep depression and, um, you know, I don't want to say the P word, but yeah, kind of go through a little mini process. I don't know if we have the patience for that, especially for the Philadelphia Eagles. But Thursday, it all starts. It continues, I should say, with the draft. Definitely exciting time. Um, should be fun. But that's where the Eagles are right now. Now let's go to the ice where the Philadelphia Flyers, thankfully, and I say this not tongue-in-cheek, I mean it, thankfully, are wrapping up their disaster of a 2021-2022 season. Six games remaining <coughs> on the schedule. Uh, the Flyers are, well, they've been out of it officially since March 29th is when they were eliminated from the playoffs. Um I've been going through the motions ever since. And I basically have been going through the motions all season. Do you guys remember way back when, when AB was still here and everyone was like, well, his message is not getting through. Maybe that was the case, but we went ahead back in December and we fired AB. We fired AB. The Flyers were 8, 10, and 4 under AB. And that was through 22 games. Mike Yao, uh, the assistant coach, was named interim head coach. And since then, which again, is not really that surprising to me, the Flyers have gone 15, 32, and 7 through 54 games under Mike Yao. Um, and it's been every bit 15, 32, and 7. Every bit of that. And we are getting to a, a situation now, obviously, um, Claude Drew is no longer with us. He's moved on the greener pastures down there in Florida. But some, some numbers that I'm going to kind of go over with you, and I think I've already done this, but I'm going to give you these numbers real quick. And there's going to be more to talk about the Flyers a little bit later once the dust settles from the playoffs. We start talking NHL drafts. We start talking NHL free agency. But the Flyers this season have gone, and this is they can, this is the effort they put in all season. They've gone 25 for 213 on the power play. So they've scored 25 goals on 213 power play opportunities. That works out to about an 11% success rate, folks. 11% of the time they were successful in the power play. Uh, and remember when it was all about Michelle Terrion and AV that they were the they were the, the great devils or Satans of the um, power play. And under A.V. and Michelle Terrion, before they were fired, the Flyers had gone 8 for 66, which worked out to be about 12%. Well, since A.V. and Michelle Terrion had been fired, the Flyers have gone 17 for 147, which works out, again, to about 11%. Do you see any kind of correlation between any of this? No. I don't see necessarily A.V. and Michelle Terrion being the issue. I just see the the team being an issue. It's just not a good, not a good hockey team. And that is something that I think um, was maybe tried to be kept from us, but you know, puck don't lie. And the Flyers are facing a bunch of questions heading into this offseason. And as I said, I'm gonna we'll investigate more of Flyer stuff a little bit later on. I don't want to get too deep into that right now because boy, does it go deep. <laughs> it goes real deep. But um on the ice, the Flyers are a sham of a product. And actually off the ice, folks, the Flyers are a sham product. And I just want to spend a little time talking about this. Um, Flyers trainers Jim McCrossin and Sal Rafa um, have recently been diagnosed with some pretty intense, I can't name, I can't even pronounce half these words, but blood cancer, essentially. Um, both of them, and they're attributing that through um, their exposure to carcinogens, carcinogen, carcinogens, emissions from a Zamboni at the Voorhees uh, Flyers practice facility. I guess the Zamboni room was located 
right next to the trainer's room. And that, and that Zamboni would be consistently idling as it was draining dirty ice and all that. Well, the, these two individuals, McCross, McCrossin and Rafa, have filed a lawsuit against Spect, uh, Comcast, Spectacor, suing them for basically liability of them getting cancer. Uh, this is, and first and foremost, you know, all my thoughts and prayers are out to the two individuals involved in this. This is, this is deep. <laughs> this is deep. This is heavy stuff. But again, a, a, another black eye to a once very storied franchise who has really suffered under uh, Spectacor's leadership and Dave Scott's leadership. Uh, this team has suffered, man. Our on-ice product has suffered. Our, our reputation around the league has suffered. And the intimacy that once existed between the Flyer families, which is a very cult-like group here in Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia Flyers has completely been erased by big corporate nonsense. Um, team, the organization was more concerned about the image and the um, um, advertisements of gritty than it was more than it was the actual product on the ice, and it's bleeding into all different types of sectors. You know. Uh, back during the season, there was a lot of um, commotion about the fact that when the Flyers did alumni night, they didn't televise the alumni game. Uh, they didn't really, it didn't seem like they cared about it. They 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 went through the motions uh, on alumni night. And when they inducted the player into the Hall of Fame, it was real, just kind of like scripted and corporate and, you know, let's go, let's go move, move, move. And then the giveaway they had uh, earlier in the season with the fanny packs. You know, you guys know about this. Well, they had a giveaway where they were going to give fanny packs. But the problem was the fanny pack or the bag did not fit into the specifications of the bag policy of the Wells Fargo Center. So people were given bags, but they couldn't enter the stadium. You know, this is these are things that are done from a un- um, you know, an, an organization that's not attached to its product. It's corporate. They're treating it like a corporation and not a hockey team. And it is definitely the chickens have come to roost when it comes to that for the Flyers. And they are a joke and they're an embarrassment. And we got to get them back. Ed Schneider, God rest his soul, is probably rolling around in his grave right now and um, seeing what's been done to his team. Bad, bad juju right now at the Flyers, both on and off the ice. And I don't know when this is going to end. I'm not sure. Um, one, I'm not sure that Chuck Fletcher, our general manager, has any idea on how to fix this. Um, he's been here now for a while. Uh, when he came here, we had problems. Three years later, we still have the same problems. The same problems. Uh, he's done nothing to uh, eradicate those problems or fix those problems. Uh, everything he's done uh, personnel-wise has been wrong. Um AV was the wrong hire, allegedly. I, I mean, I, we can keep going down the list. Folks, Chuck Fletcher's got to fix this, but I'm not really sure if Chuck Fletcher can. I'm not sure if he knows how to fix it or if he's capable of fixing, fixing it. I don't know. I don't know. And unfortunately, it's us, the Flyers fans, <clears throat> are going to have to suffer through this as they kind of build this and try to get this right. Right. A lot more to talk about the Flyers as we go. It is a, it is a very concerning situation. It is a very fluid situation but it's not a good one on to the baseball diamond and the phillies are they're full speed ahead folks 11 games into their 2022 schedule and they're four and seven and it is a very uninspiring four and seven the additions of kyle schwarber and nicholas castellonis have done absolutely nothing to benefit this team they are struggling 
Um, they are struggling with all aspects of the game of baseball. They can't hit consistently, or they can't hit consistently. They just can't get the hit consistently. They're getting outscored almost two to one. They are their starting pitching is is a mess. Um, it looks like a bunch of pitchers who have not touched the ball in six months now got it. Compressed spring training. Everybody was kind of on a hurry timeline. Then you had you factor in the Zach Wheeler injury and flu issues. The Ranger Suarez reporting late, the Zach or having trouble reporting because of visa, the Zach Eflin coming back from injury. I understand all the the nuances around what was this Flyers or Flyers, this Phillies spring training. It, it wasn't normal. And and some of these, especially pitchers, did not have their normal routine and needed the extra time. And now they're getting that time, but unfortunately, it's when it counts. And Joe Girardi has come under fire. Um for his managerial decisions or his lack of decisions. Uh, the mess at the top of the lineup when we don't really have a leadoff guy right now. Schwarber was demoted out of that position because he was a he's a disaster at the plate right now. JT Real Muto is currently our leadoff hitter. He doesn't belong up there. Folks, the narrative of it's only April can only take you so far. And, you know, it is only April and it's only 11 games in. But the, but the, the issues are, there's nothing that I can see right now from the Phillies that is trending me to think or making me think that there's any there's no trends going up for this team right now. Everything seems to be pointing down or everything seems to be pointing in neutral. And, you know, I don't know. And now now the talk of Joe Girardi and what his future might be. Don't forget, Joe is on a the last year of his contract. He started this season as a and I quote unquote, a dead man walking. He has a team option for a fourth year that the team failed to pick up at the end of last season. And I remember when that decision was made. And I remember thinking, you know, whenever you're a dead man, think about you if you were a dead man walking in a job where the, the management team decided, you know what, has not decided whether or not they wanted to pick you up. Sometimes you need that little vote of confidence to make sure you're doing a good job. He doesn't have that vote of confidence right now. We were assured by Dave Dombrowski that that's not a problem that, you know, Managers do it all the time now. Well, maybe it is a problem, Dave. Maybe your dead man walking manager, as these losses begin to kind of pile up and he begins and he continues not to have answers for them, it's going to affect him and make his decision and basically shut him down. So the Joe Girardi, whether he should go or stay or be fired, that question and conversation is slowly but surely gaining momentum here in Philadelphia. Definitely more to follow on that. And then, of course, let's wrap this four for four rapid fire up with your Philadelphia 76ers currently holding on to a two game and nothing lead over the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to call it old school quarterfinals, first round of the playoffs. Uh, last night, the Sixers um, held service and held on the home court advantage by defeating the Raptors in game two. Um, same old, same old. Joel Embiid was dominant and Terrell Maxey um, or Maxey continues to be the new the newest sensation. He follows up a 38-point effort with a 23-point effort and still brought the energy. That is the most important thing. Uh, he's not going to score 38 points every night. But that energy, that X factor that he brings is still there and is right now. And then you couple that in with Harden's floor general uh, facilitator role that a guy who needs to, when, when he needs to, can step back and knock down a jump shot. That is a lethal combination for this team right now. And they are well within or they are they are controlling the, the play through two games of the series now unfortunately 
you know, there's still two more. They still have to win two more games. So things can turn on a dime in Toronto. The series shifts up there now for games three and four. No Thibault because of uh, COVID restrictions. But listen, if you if you want to be excited about one team in Philadelphia right now, it'd probably be the Sixers because they're the the most popular or they're the most successful right now, and they are continuing their run through the East or they're continuing their early run through the Eastern Conference playoffs. So more to follow on that. I know it. I, I can't do a show and then come back three weeks later. I promise you there will be more of a routine flow of these. Uh, things have been busy, but I, I'm going to come on here and try to do one at least once a week or twice a week as we move through April, May, June, and July into the summer and then get revved up for football season next year. So I promise you that I will do that and I, I will make true to that promise. But that's going to do it for me today. And I hope that heck fire everybody had a good day and enjoyed listening to this. I sure as heck enjoyed bringing it to you. Until next time, folks, when we talk again, you guys take care and I'll see you when I see you. I'm not